hello again, and welcome back to minute eight of the airport minute. i'm one of your hosts, jim o'kane of tvdads dot com and i'm mark cerulli, writer-producer at covertops dot tv and i'm your guest for the week, brian fees. i'm a writer and cartoonist and a freelance jack-of-all-trades and we're still talking about that wonderful disaster movie, airport, the granddaddy of them all. Today's episode eight, the worst snowstorm in six years. Or as Lancaster said, six years. <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite a bad day at Lincoln International Airport. They've lost a plane off the runway. There's people with $50 wrench backs complaining. And Mel Bakersfield, the head of the airport, is getting into a car with the customer service rep for Transglobal, Tanya Livingston. So they are meeting down at Mel's uh, 1969 Ford, I think it's a country squire, but I may be wrong, down in the uh, Melmobile parking lot. You know, Tanya, Jim, I'm sorry to interrupt, Jim, but there's one historical detail that young people may not understand that I don't want to let pass is that uh, in the 60s, nobody ever used a car's passenger door. You know, we everybody just got in the driver's side and slid over. So slid I, over, yeah. I just want to make that, you know, make sure that nobody misses that point. It's a, yeah, it's, a, it's a Dukes of Hazard modification. You just slide over in, and every, it also helps warm the seats on cold winter days. And you right. also did not have to wear a seatbelt. No, no. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's how you could slide across, right. because it was just that uninterrupted stretch of seat. And uh, it must have been nicely uh, brushed by that mini skirt parka that <laughs> Tanya was wearing, that Edith Head creation. Always good on a nice win- Minnesota night, or, or Illinois night to show off some leg while you're uh, walking through the snow. Quite a quite a scene there. And it, it's such a big car. That Melmobile is enormous. I mean, it's the uh, the B52 line about seating about 20 is pretty accurate for that for that station wagon. Tanya and Mel are down in the getting into the Melmobile, but Mel's There's time for a phone call. Yeah, he actually, when he was leaving the leaving the office his phone was ringing. And then when he gets downstairs, the white courtesy phone's ringing. That's right. Somebody somebody's after him. Yeah, so he picks it up, and it's none other than Mrs. Bakersfeld, Cindy Bakersfeld, wondering, where the hell are you? Uh, he didn't start the next sentence with darlings, so I think there may be some trouble with the Bakersfield household. I, I, I love this woman. I mean, you can tell right from the top that we are not supposed to like her at all. She's in her fancy robe, standing between their you know, their Tiffany blue-colored twin beds. Um, everything about her is icy. Everything about her is cold. Uh, her hair is uptight, just like the rest of her, you know. Um, and, and it's clear from her first sentence that she just does not understand the very important work that a man like Mel has to do back at this airport. Which is basically everything. He doesn't seem to be able to delegate a single <laughs> activity. That's going to be uh, brought up in his performance review, but that's another story. <laughs> Should de- needs to delegate. Right? Needs to de- work on being a manager. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know what the commissioners will say about it, but he, yeah, he... Uh, he has this uh, terse message that he's supposed to be somewhere. He wasn't supposed to meet the dinner. He was supposed to be at the dinner, and he promised Cindy a week ago that he'd be at this dinner. Now I got I got to speak up for Cindy though, uh, and 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 the fact the fact is that Mel never takes a second to call her and tell her that he's got an emergency. He's not going to be home. You know, I I would do that with my wife. You would do that. Yeah, I certainly uh, it, would. It, and it, he doesn't make that call. And then he hangs up on her. So uh, I think these kids are in trouble. Yeah. It, it, Mel's not, a man of action. Good. You got to understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to cut him some slack. 
Uh, poor Cindy, though. She's, you know, wandering around in that place, all ready to get, you know, all ready to get going. And uh, so what, is, uh, what do you think Cindy's plans would be at this moment? I mean, if she's got the dinner to be at, would it be better not to show up with Mel or just to blow it off? She wants a gin gimlet. That's what she wants. <laughs> I think you show up without Mel and you tell everybody how horrible Mel is. Yeah. yeah. You get them all or, on your yeah. side. Yeah, you get them all on your side, and, or with you know some other damn excuse about how you know. Um, oh, he's just saving the airport again. Yeah, you know they really don't know how to s- shovel snow out there, and he's got to tell them how to do it because you know just in case they didn't know to. There's two runways, and God knows who they're gonna get you know out there to s- shovel snow. Yeah, he he blows her off and and hangs up the phone, and then we're left with having to watch the the uh, split screen go away again. That was quite a. Yeah. But and then uh, off it goes disappearing. Uh, so Mel slides in. He doesn't have to slide over as far because he's the driver. Right. And uh, he gets in. He gets into the Melmobile in the Mel Cave, and and off he goes on his first real rear wheel drive fishtail, uh, which was a rather spectacular one. I think he went just about half the compass points in in that one turn. <laughs> he did the little S curve and. And he, he also parks it Batmobile style, so he's ready to roll. He doesn't have to, you know, back out and hope that he doesn't bump into any of those luggage carts that are driving by. So very, very impressive, man. He's prepared for any kind of snow emergency. Did, did you notice how impressive the music is in this scene, though? The score is just terrific here. It's just it's just that airport theme, which I won't bother to try to hum for you. But um, uh, it it added a lot of action to Mel getting in there and tearing out of his bat cave, his Mel yeah. cave, excuse me. Yeah, uh, it, it really really amps up the tension. And it's such a such a 1970s score. I mean, it's just uh, well, it's you like, know, it it just adds to the to the time machine factor of of this movie. Yeah, all those uh, marimbas and the uh, the tambourines going to town and the, <laughs> the brass, and you're thinking this is amazing. And all he's doing is. He's leaving the terminal and driving out to a bunch of snowplows. <laughs> a bunch of Tonka toys, let's be honest. Will he be able to make it there? Yeah, it's just... Will, will he be able to make it before the plane moves? Yeah. The plane's not going anywhere. <laughs> There's a bunch of old people climbing down slippery, icy stairs trying to get on a bus. Trying to get 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the place that they really missed is just having them all crawling out. Oh my back! Oh my fifty dollar back! He get, he gets out there now. It takes it takes maybe ten seconds for them to. Uh, well, actually, we we can't get that to, we can't get to that in this minute because you're, uh, yeah, our, our minute up. is is done here. But uh, we'll have to find out how long it took him to get out to that stuck Transglobal forty five out there. Uh, at the intersection of uh, Taxiway Echo and uh, Runway Two Niner, but we we can we can pick that up tomorrow if you'll join us uh, for. There's, there's always, always tomorrow. tomorrow. No, that's a uh, Rudolph. So we'll that's the Rudolph minute. We're holding off on that. We'll be back tomorrow Thursday. So uh, join us for minute nine tomorrow, and we'll talk about uh, a certain man, uh, a legend of four of these movies, uh, and his first mention comes up tomorrow. So join us Thursday for minute nine of the Airport Minute. Till then. Good day. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling.